It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Recorded live. December 7th, 2016, and welcome to a, <clears throat> a very uh, kind of touching episode here tonight. Of course, we'll be doing our normal routine, but uh, episode number 30 of the of the Radio Network's uh, Pop Culture Review Show. This is WWUS Outside the Ropes. I, I, am once, I am, of course, once again, Mr. WWUS Chad Henshaw, back on the line here with you this evening, of course, uh, joining me. Here to help call the action, of course, is the Iceman, J.D. Jared DiGirolamo. J.D., of course, is a 2015 WWUS Hall of Famer, as well as, of course, the host of WWUS Raw Radio every Monday afternoon from 3 to 5. I do want to bring him in right now. As, as I say, welcome, J.D., to episode number 30 of Outside of the Ropes. 30 episodes, indeed, however, and it is a very bittersweet, touching day, as you said, however, after uh, what happened oh so many years ago earlier this morning. Absolutely. And, of course, I do believe that was 70, 75. Yes. Let me let me do my math here. I think you're right. Let me just double-check here. Yes. Yes. 25 years ago today. 75 years ago today, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, as everyone remembers, that fateful day at base in Pearl Harbor, Hawaii, when the Japanese attacked, which kind of forced America's hand into, I believe it was World War II, I do believe it yes. was. Yes, it was. So, 
Uh, so, of course, ladies and gentlemen, that was first. The opening song was, of course, the first part of our little tribute that we're going to do here before we get to the rest of the action of the night. Uh, of course, the song Some Gave All by, of course, Billy Ray Cyrus. Uh, and, of course, another as a tribute, <laughs> as a tribute to those who, of course, <clears throat> gave, as, 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 of course, the last song just said, who gave all they, could, they can for our freedom. And, <clears throat> and of course, um, I'm sure J.D. would agree that this is something that, of course, that we always um, take for granted and hold dear, but we try our best to maintain it as best as we possibly can, even those who may not serve also have that responsibility and duty as well, my personal opinion. Of course, knowing that from the fact that I had two grandfathers and a father that served in our military to make sure that we stayed safe. So yes, my great-grandfather was actually in the military. Like I said, God bless him. He's 98 years old now. Yes, and now my father is, let me see, he just celebrated his, uh, give me a second, <laughs> 74th birthday last month. Yeah, October. my dad just turned 69 last month, and he'll be 70 next November. He was in Nam, not for very long, but he was in Vietnam, though. So was my father. My father was also in Nam. So, uh, but, of course, he's remembered on a wall that I have here in my hometown, uh, recognizing all the local veterans. Of course, some of them did make it, some of them did, they did not. But, of course, they are still recognized. And, of course, as, as just a tribute to those who, throughout any of them, regardless of this Pearl Harbor or any of the other situations throughout the throughout the years. This right here I think is a touching tribute to all those military that we that we of course we thank, you know, for sacrificing themselves for our freedom. Uh for a moment of silence here of course myself and J D will do so while this is played. Try to get back to the on track and get back to the business at hand. <clears throat> As of course, if anyone cares to chime in here this evening on anything we have to talk about in the world of pop culture, of course, movies, music, news, and everything of that nature, please feel free to give us a call. It is 1 724 444 7444. Call ID 141 387 pound and press that one if you want to chime in on anything that myself or JD does have to say here this evening. <clears throat> so, it's not wasting any time, let's dive right on in. There's some, some news here, of course, uh, going first through our, through our friends at Fort Leather Mania for, uh, for providing us some, uh, for providing us some, uh, providing some stuff for us to read. There you go. I'll say it straight in just a minute. You know, this is kind of a wrestling story. I kind of, uh, I kind of want to go ahead and read this. I'm sure, J.D., you might probably have a thing or two to say about it as well. 
Uh, as we start out here, courtesy of Jeremy Thomas from 411 Mania, it has been officially confirmed that Linda McMahon will now be a part of the Trump administration during his presidency. And Vince and Stephanie McMahon both comment on this, as I will read a courtesy like said of Jeremy Thomas of 411 Mania. <clears throat> they both took to Twitter to comment on, both Vince and Stephanie McMahon took to Twitter to comment on Linda McMahon's nomination to head the Small Business Administration. And here are postings for, from both Stephanie and Vince. Stephanie says, congratulations, Mom. I am so proud of you. President-elect at Real Donald Trump made an excellent choice for the head of at SBA uh, Gov. <clears throat> and this was posted at 4.47 p.m. this afternoon. And Vince, uh, about a few moments later, posted this on Twitter. He says, congrats at Linda McMahon on your nomination. I'm very proud. I know you'll do an excellent job at the Small Business Administration. Of course, the original story was, it's official that WWE has come to the White House. Donald Trump announced on Wednesday that he is nominating Linda McMahon to head up the Small Business Administration under his presidency. The announcement was made earlier today with the president-elect saying of McMahon in a statement. This is coming from President-elect Trump himself. Linda has a tremendous background and is widely recognized as one of the country's top female executives advising businesses around the globe. She helped grow WWE from a modest 13-person operation to a publicly traded global enterprise with more than 800 employees and offices worldwide. Linda is going to be a phenomenal leader and champion for small businesses and unleash America's entrepreneurial spirit all across the country. McMahon had been previously under, been under consideration for Secretary of Commerce, a position that went to Wilbur Ross. McMahon took to Twitter to comment on the announcement posting, posting this was uh, earlier this afternoon as well. Linda McMahon says, Honored to be appointed by President-elect at Real Donald Trump to serve as head of the SBA, advocating for our small businesses and entrepreneurs. The SBA provides support to entrepreneurs and small businesses. Its stated mission is to maintain and strengthen the nation's economy by enabling the establishment and viability of small businesses by, and by assisting the, in the economic recovery of communities after disasters. If confirmed by the Senate, she will succeed Maria Contreras Sweet as the SBA administrator. Uh, JD, what is your take here on this uh, update here? Linda McMahon will now be a part of the Trump administration. A McMahon and a Trump, and yet again, this time in higher office. Who would have thought it? The last time we saw it happen, our, we had hair involved. And so there might be some hair being raised and some eyebrows being bugged out, however. But at the end of the day, however, we wish her nothing but the best. However, this is kind of a surprise, however, that she has been in the politics game for so long, and she's been wanting this appointment and an appointment of things that come in this nature or close to that nature. But now that she has something in the Donald's uh, cabinet, so to speak, however, it looks like uh, she's ready to get to work and hit the ground running. Absolutely. And, of course, we can't wait to see what she brings to the table. And well, who knows, you know, maybe it will definitely make a difference in, in America. We'll have to wait and see here over these uh, next, uh, next four years here, of course, of, Donald Trump's reign in the White House. We'll have to wait and see what happens. Uh, this short story right here, courtesy of Larry Zonka. Uh, Walton Goggins has been cast as a villain in the new Tomb Raider movie. And according to, and this is like I said, a short story that's coming from Larry Zonka once again. According to Variety, Walton Goggins has been cast as a villain in the new Tomb Raider movie, Tomb Raider, and the new Tomb Raider movie, excuse me, 
and Tomb Raider is currently set for a March 16, 2018 release. Hmm. So it's not going to expect to come out uh, uh, until at least uh, until for another couple for another year or so. So, but uh, I mean, reporting this right off the bat, I mean that's that's good to go ahead and get it off their chest, and that's that's good. Um, we have a story right here coming from Joseph Lee at Four Leather Mania. Uh, Tom Hardy uh, is in the news here, uh, of course, here Joseph Lee. Had, but Tom Hardy has to get a Leonardo DiCaprio tattoo after losing a bet. Hmm. In an interview with Esquire, Tom Hardy revealed that he lost a bet with Leonardo DiCaprio on the set of the... Uh, Oh, it was a movie that just recently came out with Leonardo in it. What was it? The Reverend? Yeah, that's it. And now he has to get a bad tattoo. <laughs> the Capitol was sure that Hardy would get an Oscar nomination, and Hardy disagreed. Here are the highlights. And, of course, on what tattoo he has to get, Tom Hardy says he wrote, in in this really S-H-I-T-T-Y handwriting, Leo knows everything. Ha, I was like, okay, I'll get it done, but you have to write it properly. I haven't got it yet because it sucks. And on the rough shoot for the film, because it's a good two years away, it, it, it feels there are still echoes of exhaustion from it. But I think it's a beautiful film. I want to watch it again now because I have, I have got a really healthy distance. It's always the way when people say it was a really tough time in my life when I was in it. In hindsight, it's a very fond memory. At the time, it, I, it was, that's, 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 that's mm-hmm. what I can describe this, never-ending. The four, the the four reverend, it, the it went on forever and it was confusing. The forever and ever, it was never ending. Confusion, chaos. None of us were in any form of control. We were being controlled, you know, and that was like frustrating and stressful. And on working with Christopher Nolan, he says he's a great onset leader as well as a effing brilliant filmmaker and a visionary. It's his words. I'm just reading what he said. And no, he, he's been a good director. He's come up with some good ones. I mean, he came up with Inception, which was a very, very good film. Of course, Leo was directed by him in that, I believe, and Ellen Page was in that movie, too. That was a very good uh, action-packed uh, uh, sci-fi type movie, if I remember correctly. Right. I think he actually did a Batman one not too long ago, either, didn't he? I think he did the last one. I think it was The Dark Knight Returns. I think that was the one that was in Pittsburgh that he shot. I think that was the one, yeah. I'll have to double check my notes. I do have thoughts, but the thing about him is that he can contain them. They don't shock him, and he doesn't want to miss a trick. So if you've got something, he'll want to use it. He'll soon tell you, that's enough now, thanks, which is great because then you know your boundaries. So so basically, Tom Hardy has to get a tattoo uh, after losing a bet with Leo DiCaprio. There's no telling what type of tattoo it will be, but, you know, it could be pretty much anything. Uh, <laughs> knowing, knowing the... Uh, Knowing, uh, you know, knowing, knowing the actors here, I'm sure it'll be pretty much anything here. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, let me see here. Uh, oh, okay, okay. We have a we have a death in the entertainment world. I don't know, Katie, if you've read this or not. Uh, this this actually came from yesterday's. Uh, um, this came from yesterday's Four Eleven Mania from Joseph Lee. Uh, from the from the show Game of Thrones, uh, actor Peter Vaughn has passed away at the age of ninety three. Yes, he was uh, in the British comedy Death at a Funeral Plane Uncle Alfie. He's 
done a lot of uh, stage work over the years in Europe, uh, and he's been in a lot of other movies and TV. Yes, he passed away, I believe, uh, last weekend. Yes. Yes, he passed. Uh, Deadline reports that Peter Vaughn, who played Master Amon on Game of Thrones, has passed away at the age of 93. His agent confirmed that he died peacefully and surrounded by his family. The cause of death, though, is still unknown. Vaughn appeared in almost a dozen episodes during the show's five seasons. He also appeared on shows like Porridge, Citizen Smith, and Chancer during his career, along with the films Brazil and Straw Dogs. Okay? And, of course, uh, 411 did offer this, but we're also offering it here to the radio network. But to give our condolences to his family, friends, and fans. Uh, and we also had, um, as I mentioned yesterday, uh, we also had a couple other tragedies this week. Uh, we have mentioned, of course, uh, Van Williams, the actor who played Britt Reed, the Green Hornet, who died of renal failure, kidney failure last week at the age of 83, which, of course, he was a superstar from two years on that show, but also did some other uh, TV work, including the Dick Van Dyke show, and I believe some others along the way. Certainly, certainly. Uh, and... Oh, yes, okay, I've got the, yeah, i got the story from, uh, oh, wait a minute. Oh, there's another one. I've got to read this. i got to read this. Right. This was a great, this, is, this was a great movie. Uh, you may you may remember this, you may remember this character. Uh, this, this came in on Monday, as a matter of fact, J.D. I'm surprised you did not hear about this. All right. Uh, uh, I'm sure you remember the movie Major League. Yes. Yes. Uh, believe it or not, the 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 the, the woman who played the uh, the, the evil of, of the Indian passed away at 67. Yes, Margaret uh, Yes, excuse me for one second, JD. Please continue on. I will be back here in. Yes, okay. As uh, Chad said, he'll be right back. One seven two four 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 seventy forty four. Call ID one four one three eight seven pound, and you can talk to us right now here on uh, December seventh, twenty sixteen. Here of Outside the Ropes, and as uh, Mr. W. Seventy Chad Hinshaw referred to, Margaret Wynn, the evil cantankerous owner of uh, the Cleveland Indians in the nineteen eighty eight blockbuster movie Major League, starring Charlie Sheen, Corbin Burton, and Tom Berenger. Excuse me, Tom Berenger passed away this past Monday at the age of 67. Uh, our thoughts and prayers are with Margaret's family and friends today, and uh, we would like to say uh, so long, and uh, we will never forget you, and Godspeed. Speaking of movies, ladies and gentlemen, some movies we want to talk about right now, while Mr. W. Seve stepped out for a few minutes, let's give you the latest box office report, ladies and gentlemen, and here is the latest box office reports we supply to you each and every week here on Outside the Ropes. Of course, we're going to go from 5th to 1st, so we'll tell you what the top movies were this past week. Doctor Strange, however, which previously was number three, was number five at the box office this week, grossing over $6.6 million. So far, it has been out five weeks. It has made over $215.5 million so far in five weeks on a budget of $165 million. Allied, meanwhile, in just its second week, however, made seven more million dollars, however, and now has made over $29 million in just two weeks on a budget of $85 million. Of course, Allied is the one with Brad Pitt. And Marion Coulthard, of course, Marion Coulthard was, of course, also in uh, the movie Public Enemies, which, of course, started Johnny Depp, the John Derringer uh, story back in the day. Arrival, starring Amy Adams, of course, and Jeremy Renner, continues to do very well at the box office. In its fourth week, however, it took over $7.2 million, just edging Ally for the third spot. However, in four weeks' time, it has made over $73 million on a budget of $47 million. So, so far, it's done very well. But the top two spots this week, however, are 
fantastic beasts and where to find them, starring uh, Eddie Redmayne, of course, who started in such movies as The Theory of Everything, playing the noted professor and genius Stephen Hawking, and also in the very controversial but very fantastic movie, which I had a chance to see less than a month ago, The Danish Girl, based on a true story, took in another $18.1 million this week, and in just three weeks so far has made over $183 million, folks. So the prequel to Harry Potter has become quite a big box office hit. Let's just say, of course, it has grossed over $183 million on over a budget of $180 million. So, so far, it has done very, very well in just three weeks time. But the big winner at the box office once again was Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who this week is on the cover of Sports Illustrated. The Rock, of course, took in another 28.2 in just million this weekend, and now in just two weeks' time, however, has grossed over nearly $120 million. So The Rock right now is definitely doing very well here prior to the Christmas holiday, not just on the magazine world of Sports Illustrated, mind you, but once again in the movie world, however, by getting in a bunch of bling, let's just say. And speaking of movies, ladies and gentlemen, here are some movies that are coming out this week, however, for you folks out there that are curious. Patton Oswalt, however, stars along with his buddy Paul Rudd in the uh, animated comedy Nerdland. We've been talking about this movie, however, for weeks at a time. They're showing this only in L.A. right now, but we're not sure when an official date will be announced. However, but they are going to be coming out with The Founder, the true story of Ray Kroc, how he basically found at McDonald's. Of course, it will be starring Patrick Wilson, Laura Dern. And Linda Cardinelli, Linda Cardinelli, best known to you all as Velma in the Scooby-Doo movies and also in the movie Brokeback Mountain. Now, these are the movies that look very, very good so far from what we've been hearing. First off, Miss Sloan starring Jessica Chastain based on a true story. Uh, Jessica Chastain, of course, plays Elizabeth Sloan, of course, a lobbyist in D.C., of course, however, and that should be a very intense political thriller there. Nocturnal Animals, starring Amy Adams and Jake Gyllenhaal and Michael Shannon. Michael Shannon, best known for his roles, of course, in the movie Free Hell, which, of course, starred at Ellen Page from Juno and Julianne Moore, which I had a chance to watch last night, late last night, I should say. A great movie there, by the way, Free Hell. That'll be coming out this week. Uh, one of the funny movies of the year, and I've been talking about this movie for weeks on end, folks. This is going to be a good movie to watch, ladies and gentlemen. You might want to check this out, however. Office Christmas Party. If you're looking for a great Christmas movie this year, this might be your new Christmas movie hit, hopefully. Uh, Jason Bateman, Jennifer Aniston will be starring along with T.J. Miller and also from Saturday Night Live, Kate McKinnon, believe it or not. So that'll be coming out this week. Uh, if you've seen the trailer, however, we'd love to hear your thoughts on this, however. But uh, if you've not, uh, this is definitely going to be, I think, a very big hit this week. I hope it is. In fact, I'm planning to see it tomorrow night, Blair, and hopefully I'll have a review for you either tomorrow night on the Wolfpack Radio Show, which will begin underway at 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Caller ID 138521-POUND, by the way, or sometime before the weekend begins. Also coming out this weekend, Katie Holmes and Luke Wilson star in the movie All We Had. Other movies include Burn County with James Franco, who, by the way, will be coming out with a new movie in just a few weeks with uh, Brian Cranston from uh, Breaking Bad called Why Him? Of course, Burn Country also stars Melissa Leo, who, of course, was known in her role as the boxer, if you will, back in the day. Steven Seagal comes out with another movie this week, ladies and gentlemen. In fact, his newest movie is called Contract to Kill, where he plays a CID EEA enforcer investing in Arab, Arab terrorists captured in Mexico called Contract to Kill. Michael Shannon is back in the news, ladies and gentlemen. His next movie, of course, is entitled Frank and Lola. And this 
these two movies, folks, you might want to keep an eye on, Howard. These are two movies that I'm really telling you right now that could be considered early Oscar candidates. The first, of course, Natalie Portman, along with John Hurt, who, of course, has starred in movies such as Alien, among others. And Greta Gerwig, of course, star in the true story of Jackie O herself. Howard. Yes, folks, Jackie Onassis Kennedy, if you will, entitled Jackie. Natalie Portman playing the title role of the former first lady of the president, of course, in this movie that will be in a limited release this week. And this movie, I have already seen the trailer for it a couple times, and I'll say this is the movie I think that could really wow the people at the Oscars coming up in February, ladies and gentlemen. Emma Stone, Ryan Gosling, and J.K. Simmons, who started in the movie, big hit um, Whiplash a few years ago, starred a comedy musical entitled La La Land. Yes, folks, La La Land. So uh, if you're looking for a good musical comedy to tap your feet to and just have a smile on your face, how you might want to check out the trailer. This is going to be a very good movie, I feel, and this will be a very exciting movie to check out, definitely in more ways than one. But I'll tell you, the movie that looks really good, how already, that could be a big hit this week, obviously, as I mentioned, could be Office Christmas Party. I think Nocturnal Animals is going to do pretty well. I also think Miss Sloan's going to do pretty well. And, of course, uh, in a limited release, one of the few movies that could be a big hit this week could be either The Founder or The Story of Jackie O. Now, uh, oh. some, sorry, oh. some other news to report here real quick. Uh, we have heard, however, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, there is talk, they are now almost guaranteed at this point, and they have not officially announced the date yet, however, but two other movies that have been announced that will be coming out next year include Baywatch, which will be out in late May, starting The Rock, of course, and, believe it or not, they are already talking about already, they haven't said exactly when the release has been known yet, but there is already discussion that they are planning to make a sequel to the blockbuster hit Wedding Crashers. Yes, folks, Vince Vaughn, Amy Adams, excuse me, Rachel McAdams, uh, Vince Vaughn, Owen Wilson, and Isla Fisher return for more action, however, from the blockbuster hit that came out some years ago, of course, as right now there is early discussion. They could be coming out with it sometime early next year or 2018. So that is just some of the news we're talking about right now. And uh, don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, tonight at 8 p.m., ladies and gentlemen, you can join the king himself along with the queen herself, this man, this 139925-pound for wrestling debate, as we will have a great discussion. And tonight, one of the discussions we might be discussing could be some of the best moments of the year so far that has happened, both inside the ring and outside the ring. We will let you know more about that. And now I'm going to turn it back over to the main host himself, Mr. WCW himself from Trinity, North Carolina, down there in Horseman Country, Chad Henshaw. Thank you, J.D. Thank you very much, sir. I do appreciate that. Uh, of course, uh, before I get to the story I was going to read, uh, which I'm sure J.D. did provide a little bit more insight on it, but I will read this again here momentarily. In the meantime, I'm going to give this out one more time. 1724-444-7444. Call ID 141-387-POUND. You're listening to WWS Outside the Ropes for Wednesday, December 7th, 2016. Uh, once again, I am Mr. WWS Chad Henshaw on the line here with the Iceman himself, J.D. Jerry DiGiorno, of course, the 2015 Hall of Famer, and, of course, the host of Raw Radio every Monday afternoon from 3 to 5, right here also on TalkShoe.com. Uh, anyway, the story, before I had to leave, I was preparing to read the story. Of course, we had another passing on. It was on, actually, this past Monday, uh, the story came out here. It was courtesy of, uh, let me see, Jeremy Thomas <clears throat> from 411 Mania. So the last one we'll read of the night, then we'll go over to what's trending on Facebook. Uh, 2016 has claimed yet another indelible character actor. THR has reported that Margaret Witten, best known as the villainous Rachel Felt in the Major League films, sadly passed away at her home in Florida after a short battle with cancer. She was only 67 years old, a year 
younger than my mother. Hmm. Whitten had roles in films such as Nine and a Half Weeks, uh, The Secret of My Success. Uh, I believe Michael J. Fox was in that one. That was yes, Hellslayer was too. Yes, and Ironweed. But she will always be known for her role in 1989's Major League as the owner of the Cleveland Indians, who puts together a group of rejects in the hopes they lose so many games that she can move the team to Miami. Ah, that, that was a great movie. Oh, that yeah. Was, that was, I remember, the first time I saw that, I remember, it was a rainy day, and it was right before baseball season, I think. And I was like 12 or 13, and like I said, there used to be a theater near my house, and at the time they charged only a buck, and I remember... The first week it came out, I think I saw it two or three times. And every time it's on cable TV, now I have to watch it. Because there's so many good parts that you just can't pick one fine part. Probably the, one of the better lines in the movie is like, nice catch, Hayes, don't ever do it again. Uh, and on my favorite one, of course, I remember Bob Euchre was as the big-time announcer there. Just a bit outside. Yeah, ball four, <laughs> ball eight, low and ball 12. Wands <laughs> walked the faces on 12 straight pitches. How can any of these guys get any close? <laughs> And then, of course, he catches on, he catches on over, over the, the the thing, and then his uh, co-host says, you can't say that on the air, but well, no one's listening anyway. <laughs> That's uh, bad. She also reprised the role in, 90, in, in the sequel of Major League Two in 1994. Huh, five years later. Okay. Witten also had an extensive career on the stage, appearing in off-Broadway shows and becoming a regular player at the New York Shakespeare Festival. After she retired from acting, she began directing and made her first feature film in 2011's A Bird in the Air. Okay. And, of course, on behalf of 411 and also the WCBS Radio Network, we will send our condolences to the family and friends and fans of this great actress. Uh, of course, like I said, I mean, I think the role that really made her famous was obviously Major League, my personal yeah. opinion. I mean, I mean, she, I mean she, was, she was she's done so many... So many other things, I'm sure, but like I said, I think Major League really was the top thing for her to be was a, was was her top role uh, of of all time, in my personal opinion. But uh, but another great, but as I said, 2016 has taken has claimed another life, as they say. So that's that's sad to say. Now let's see what is trending on Facebook here, <clears throat> as we of course chime in on this. Uh, also tonight, ladies and gentlemen, following wrestling debate, uh, we we come back with WWUS uh, Revolution, the Mothership Broadcast, uh, <clears throat> which of course we will be talking about. In addition to SmackDown Live, and of course our wrestling news and views and history and birthdays, we will also be going back a little ways and talking about <clears throat> this past Sunday's TLC 2016. Uh, seven matches, of course, uh, that we went through in all uh, big time here. And, uh, of course, we can't wait to uh, get everyone's thoughts and opinions on the aftermath of that. Uh, <clears throat> but, uh, as of course, uh, as of course, um, <clears throat> uh, I also did a poll on the Revolution Radio Facebook page earlier today, and if everyone wants to have an opportunity to uh, uh, vote on your favorite match or that, I will be, if there's any results on there at, at this point, I will definitely throw that out there uh, to tonight here on Revolution, starting from 9 to 11. Call ID 138055-POUND. Uh, anyway, let's go ahead and dive right on in here. Dive right on in here to what we got here that is uh, currently trending right now on Facebook. Uh, coming from hotnewhiphop.com. Okay. If anyone, okay, and I'm sure a lot of people will know what this is. Marshawn Lynch narrates the crazy... Planet Earth Iguana Chase. It's a video that they have out here. 
Did this really just happen? Remember that epic 67-yard touchdown run Marshawn Lynch had against the New Orleans Saints in the 2011 NFC wildcard game, the one that was later dubbed the Beastquake because it produced a disturbance so profound that it was equivalent to a magnitude one earthquake. So apparently they're, they're comparing this iguana chase to his uh, big-time run there in 2011 there against the Saints, huh? Well, this is at hotnewhiphop.com if you want to read the full story on that. Uh, Screenrant.com is talking about a reboot of the of the classic animated series. I'm sure, J.D., you remember this, DuckTales. Yes, I heard something about that. Yeah, DuckTales reboot teaser confirms it will, be, it will premiere in the summer, next summer, as a matter of fact. Disney XD releases a teaser for the DuckTales TV show reboot before an animated series premieres next summer. And, then of course, all we have to say about that is, woohoo! And, of course, you go to ScreenRant.com if you want to check out and read a little bit more about this story. And I know tonight they're doing a remake of Hairspray tonight on NBC at 8 o'clock. Hairspray. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. My goodness. USA Today is reporting that Samsung has won a Supreme Court fight with Apple. The acrimonious battle with the smartphone designs threatened to upend the tech industry. According to the story, of course, there's more about this at USAToday.com if you want to read this. Huh, my goodness. I mean, if this went a certain way, man, nobody, no one would be able to own a smartphone ever again, I guess. I'm not sure. I do have also some outside sports news to report, folks. We've talked about this before, and we have some news. Uh, this is very interesting that just came in through our friends at CBS Sports, and John Breach is the one reporting on the story. Apparently, after the Chargers stadium measure went down in flames back in November, we talked about the San Diego Chargers and the Rams before moving, possibly. According to reports, team owner Dean Spanos has promised not to make any decision about the team's future in San Diego till the end of the regular season. Despite that promise, Spanos is still covering all his bases in case the Chargers end up moving to L.A., which could happen as soon as next month. One of the keys that the Chargers need to things the Chargers need to figure out if they move to L.A. is where they'll play. The Rams could currently play at the L.A. Coliseum, and there's a chance that the Chargers could end up too. Earlier this week, however, Mark Ridley-Thomas confirmed that the group has been in contact with the Chargers about the team's possible move. Ridley-Thomas told USA Today on Tuesday, In light of the vote of the people of San Diego, it's back on the table at Ernst, so the appropriate amount of due diligence continues to be done, and we will see if, in fact, we can strike a deal. Now, the fact that Spanos has been talking to people in L.A. even though he promised to not make any decisions until the end of the season should not come as a shock. As Ridley Thomas pointed out, the team has to make sure to cover all their options. Said Ridley Thomas in statement number two, they have to get ready. There's a lot on the line. The health of the franchise is literally on the line. Now, before the Chargers could play at the Coliseum, though, they would need to get cut through a few more pieces of red tape power. For one, the Coliseum Commission would have to change its lease terms with the University of Southern California, a.k.a. USC. Under the current lease, however, only one NFL team is allowed to play there. Now, since USC runs the facility, the school would have to sign off on adding a third team to the building. CBS Sports NFL insider Jason LaCantra has reported that the Chargers have also been in contact with the StubHub Center. According to LaCantra, the Chargers and Rams have made serious headway on a possible deal that would end with the Chargers moving to L.A. Anyway, just because the Chargers have been talking to officials at the L.A. costume doesn't mean that all hope is lost in San Diego. During an interview held a few days after, before the election, Spanos implied that he would likely move the team if the same measure receives 35% of the votes or less. Said Spanos of fan support, if we get 30 or 35% voter approval, that'll tell me something. 
telling Fox 5 in San Diego. Now, since the measure got 43% of the vote, however, Spanos may feel that there is enough support to keep the team in San Diego. No matter what he does, we shouldn't have to, wait, have to wait long to find out. The regular season ends in a month, and as of right now, Spanos has to make a decision by next month on whether or not to move to L.A. They're talking about <clears throat> with this move about, that the about, not the, um, about the, the recent event here, what's going on with the Raiders. Now all of a sudden the Chargers are yep. and they moving back up moving. to LA. Yes, yes. Oh my goodness! Well, I don't know what is it, what is it with these teams? Money, money, and money and location apparently. Well, well yeah, I mean money more, I think. But I mean that's just my personal take on that. But thank you, JD, for that quick update there. I do appreciate that. Uh, next story I had trending right here, a Pokemon Go update. I thought we heard the last of it about that. Yes, we did, did Starbucks leak the Generation 2 patch? Hmm. iTechPost.com was reporting with the re- recent Starbucks leak. It seems like the possible date of Pokemon Go's Starbucks event will be this coming December the 8th, which will be tomorrow, as a matter of fact. And some say that the most anticipated major update from the game will arrive on the same date. So apparently that leak took place apparently from Starbucks and now all of a sudden they may have they may be uh bringing all the putting all their cards on the table here at the same time, bringing it all in at the same time. So go to itechpost.com if you want to read some more about this particular story. Uh we got a story concerning uh our friend from the UFC Dana White. Um uh, uh, Foxsports.com reports um, Dana White blasts, and this is his word, scumbag, Bjorn Rebney's involvement in New Fighters Association. And Dana White actually talks about this. It's actually this, this apprentice organization that just started. It has on FoxSports.com if you want to read some more about the story. The uh, NewYorkTimes.com, NYTimes.com reports that Roman Polanski Extradition request has been rejected by Poland's Supreme Court. The Oscar-winning filmmaker is wanted in the United States over a decades-old conviction for having sex with a 13-year-old girl. And now Poland is blocking that attempt to get him back into the United States. So this is at nytimes.com if you want to read some more about this. Uh, this is almost similar to the uh, Snooker thing, apparently. Uh, this is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Mirror.co.uk is important. Uh, and this is kind of for you fans of YouTube, and maybe fans of this particular uh, YouTuber, I guess you could say. YouTube superstar PewDiePie, that's the, describe, that's the subscriber's name, vows to delete his channel. Now listen to this, JD. He vows to delete the channel if he hits, I'm reading this right, 50 million subscribers. 50. Who's well, 50 M's. You have to assume that's 50 million subscribers. Um, and this is his real name, I think. Felix Clyberg, I think this is his real name, has called out YouTube for making changes and has promised to lead his hugely popular channel, like we said, if he hits 50 million subscribers. And this is at mayor.co.uk if you want to read this story. I cannot imagine any one one channel having that many. That's crazy. I cannot imagine. I, I mean, I know they have like two or three million, but not fifty. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. And real yeah, quick, too, and talking about uh, some entertainment news again real quick, as we like to talk about movies all the time once in a while, especially me being the movie connoisseur that I am, uh, you okay. might want to check out now on the Entertainment Calvacade Cal- – I can't say my tongue's tied. Yeah, yeah. Calvacade page, and also on our very special Movies Fan Worldwide 2.0 page. Not only do we have wrestling, we also have some movie uh, trailers up in full-length movies, including two iconic classics from the great Roger Corman, Death Race 2000, which is an excellent movie, by the way, if you've never seen it, great movie. It's a weird movie in a way, but it's, a, it's actually an action comedy uh, movie. And then if you like car chases even more, Passenger seatbelt for Cannonball. No, not the Cannonball Run. Our Cannonball, which actually started the Cannonball Run, starring Keith Carradine, and of course started people like Mary Warrenoff, Paul Bartel, and also started in that movie. If you get a chance to watch the movie carefully, you'll see a couple big name faces there, including a very young Martin Scorsese and Sylvester Stallone. Believe it or not. Oh. So definitely check that out. I have both of them on DVD. They're two great movies. I mean. So uh, they've been shown in, like, independent film houses and movie, uh, like, old-school theaters over the years. How I know recently, last week in Pittsburgh, in one of the theaters in Pittsburgh, now that's been around for a while now, they show cult classics from time to time. And these were two that they show, but we have both up. And uh, like I said, if you're looking for uh, action comedy, however, Death Face 2000 is right up your alley, and so is Campbell. So be sure to check those out. We just uh, put them up in the Movie Fans Worldwide 2.0 page and also in our Entertainment Calvacade page as well as anywhere else you want to check. So if you need want to do movie reviews, sign up today and be a part of the Trend, trend News Society in Movie Fans Worldwide 2.0. Uh, great pleasure, J.D. Excellent. Thank you very much, everyone, man. Thank you all for your cavalcade. Uh, we also have a bunch of other stories posted there as well as, of course, I put a, two or three movies on there myself. I think I put a couple of Star Trek ones on there. Yes, uh, so definitely. So definitely check, those, check all that out if you want to be entertained. Uh, indeed. Uh, I guess this is coming from Tennessean.com. Uh, Grammy nominations. Sturgill Simpson is up for Album of the Year. And also country newcomers Kelsey Ballerini and Marin Morris are vying for Best New Artist as Music City racks up dozens of nominations. And this story is at Tennessean.com if you want to read on that. Uh, we'll do a couple more here before we call it an evening here. Uh, Forbes.com. Uh, has got a review, uh, of course, of uh, The Last Guardian. So you were there. It's been over a decade since the release of Shadow of the Colossus, and now The Last Guardian is finally here. It's definitely a good game, but the extended development cycle is not something that can be easily ignored. And this story was posted on Monday. Uh, check out Forbes.com if you want to read that story. And speaking of, we just mentioned the Grammys. This is from Slate.com right here. Uh, uh, of course, 2017 Grammy nominations for snubs and surprises. Uh, this article originally appeared in Vulture, uh, but t- 2017 Grammy nominations are out as quick as next February. Will be a heavyweight, a heavyweight about between some folks. So definitely check that out too as well. Uh, like I said, Slate.com is where you can find this story. Um, and of course, like I said, of course, check out all the other stories that's also trending on. And definitely check out, like I said, definitely check out, uh, <clears throat> check that out here as well. Of course, so the Grammy Awards definitely are hitting up here big time. Uh, and one more here, I, I just found this uh, trending in the entertainment part. 
I'm sure everyone knows Mike Rowe from his show from his show he did uh, Dirty Jobs, and also um, apparently this is from the chat. This is from the I think it's supposed to be archived without the AR. The Kai's.com, I think it's, it's how you pronounce it. Mike Rowe slams a critic who calls the American flag a mere symbol. A few days back, former host of Dirty, Dirty Jobs and National Treasurer Mike Rowe called schools that refuse to fly the American flag yet are happy to accept federal money type hypocritical. He argued that such schools point out Hampshire College in particular benefits from taking students' federal uh, finances. But, but uh, of course, there's someone out there saying that they're calling it a mere symbol, apparently. The story came out last night. And you can check it out at the Kive, C-H-I-V-E, dot com. If you want to read a little bit more about it, there's a whole lot of pictures about it here, too. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, and uh, well, I've got to read this one too because I remember I'm, these are some. These are I'm, I'm a, of course a video game nut here as well. This is coming from ngadget.com. Apparently, two classic Sega video games are going to be adapted into movies and TV. I'm sure, Gaddy, you remember the video games Altered Beast and Streets yes. of Rage. Yes, I do. They are coming to film and TV. Uh, uh, actually, producers of Fear of the Walking Dead are adapting these two classics and to make them into a, like, possibly either a movie or and, and or a, a TV. So be watching out for that as well. That's at ngadget.com if you want to read some more about that. Yeah, I remember Altered Beast. I can never I can never beat that game. But Streets of Streets of Rage, I did. I mean, Streets of Rage was a great game. Um, but uh, of course, for your classic video game nuts like me, I'm still hey, I'm still partial to the old stuff. <laughs> I like the new stuff, but I like the old stuff too. So, but uh, uh, JD, anything else you wish to add before we call it in? No, uh, not much to report except that uh, next week, of course, we'll have more of the same. However, and also tonight, as uh, you mentioned, uh, it should be a good SmackDown review, and we'll definitely go back and look back to TLC, and then also uh, coming up. Uh, that's basically our time. You have nothing else though. Okay, uh, I know this is not this is wrestling related, but uh, we'll, we'll end this on a small note of this nature here. Uh, I found another great um, birthday game that we were doing on Revolution last night. Now I might bring this up to the rest of the crowd here tonight, but just for the heck of it, I'll just I will take care of myself and JD right here. Uh, JD, I do call you your birthday is December the fifteenth. Yes, and this is one where you get to form a faction. Yes. If he wins two other guys, and yours, I think this is—I think this is the one that that Gerard may have uh, read off of last night. Yes. Uh, I think yours was, if I'm not mistaken, uh, uh, Becky Lynch and Baron Corbin. I think this is the one that he wrote read off of last night. Yes, I believe so. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, and and mine, I think, was uh, uh, that's right, John Cena and Braun Strowman. Okay, so yeah, we did this one. Okay, yeah, Gerard did this one last night. Um, um, now, just for the heck of it, you know they're not here. You got to do John's, you got to do Michelle's. Uh, it'll be kind of interesting. Michelle, I think it's February the, uh, what, you, what, what is I think it's the 6th or the 7th, one of those two, I can't remember. I think it's the 6th. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, but I think he's, and I think he did Michelle's too, I'm not sure, but I think, if I have it correctly, it's Brock Lesnar and Enzo Amore. How you doing? And John. 
John is March seventh, and yes. AJ Styles and Nia Jack. Okay, this is the one he did. This is the one he found this apparently off of. Uh, this is because I found it right here on the Great Wrestling Debate twenty four seven. They posted it on Monday. Apparently, uh, uh, by our, our good friend Stephen Kyle. Apparently, he is him, Dean Ambrose, and T.J. Perkins have formed a faction. So, <laughs> but very interesting here. On that note, here, ladies and gentlemen, uh, another small thing, of course, our own uh, resident independent wrestler, Rodney Rush Wright. Also, I know I said we wouldn't talk wrestling here, but this is a picture I'm just looking at right now, where you can't help it. Aye, aye, aye. Uh, she posted this, of course, to her group, Wrestling Done Right, which is also part of the WWS stable of groups. It's a picture, uh, I, we, I, it was said here is a picture of, it's supposed to be of Cody Rhodes. Uh, well, it's not, well, Cody Rhodes is not in the picture. Actually, what it is, it says he's shown off his trophy and also two in, independent championships he recently won. The trophy that I believe he's referring to is his wife because his wife is in this picture. And she's wearing a T-shirt that they had made for him for at Ring of Honor. And I think it says, they can have the paint, I'll take the honor. And it's got Cody and the Ring of Honor logo on the bottom of it. It's not bad looking shirt. But one of the titles he's got, J.D., which might kind of blow your mind, is a global force belt. I had no idea that uh, he went in, he went over there too. Hmm. But he's going all over the place since he's left WWE. So, okay then. On that note, here, ladies and gentlemen, I do want to thank the Iceman JD Jerry Jerome for joining me here tonight. And as JD did say, please be sure to join him and the rest of the NWO Madness Kingdom, King and W O Gerard T Smith, and the Black Widow Michelle Lynn Dodds, as they of course debate about. <clears throat> Another big-time uh, wrestling topic here on Wrestling Debate coming up in about 30 minutes. Call ID 139-925-POUND. And then, of course, join me at 9 o'clock from 9 to 11, of course, for, for the Mothership Broadcast, once again, WWUS Revolution, where, of course, we'll be talking about <clears throat> our rest, the rest of the news and views of the day. Uh, of course, uh, Human Suplex Machine, John Grosser, brands our history and birthdays. And, of course, we'll be reviewing both the TLC from this past Sunday and, of course, the uh, this uh, yet last night, I should say, uh, SmackDown Live broadcast. Of course, the aftermath of TLC, we'll say. Uh, and any more general wrestling discussion, uh, who knows, we might have a few little wrestling extras come your way. So, for the Iceman, uh, JD, Jared, did you all know this is Mr. WSWS Chad Henshaw saying thank you so much for joining us for episode number 30 of WSWS House Out of the Ropes. Uh, of course, like I said, as we did earlier in the show, of course, I, uh, we always say, uh, never take anything for granted, especially our freedom, because so many people have fought and have died for it. So never take it, never take that for granted at all, whatsoever. <clears throat> Outside the Ropes is a broadcast of the WWS Radio Network <clears throat> right here on TalkShoe.com. Of course, we're one year older and continuing to be bolder. The radio network continues to be and will forever remain your not only wrestling but uh, pop culture connection as well. Uh, J.D., we will talk at you here, of course, here in a little while on Revolution. Of course, he'll be back on here shortly with Wrestling Debate. Take care. and see you not only in the ring, but also in the red carpet as well. Take care. And, of course, as we always do, we're here in the radio network. God bless.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.